Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Licio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Licio. Hello, Flagler County. It's been a long couple days, Rich. I've been out on the road. I'm going to be back out on the road next week. <laughs> um, but... No place I'd rather be on a Saturday morning than right here. I thought you were going to start the show off the same way you did last time you were in in Tallahassee when we were there for the Matanzas-Lincoln playoff game. We started the show, and Mike Licio's first words, Hello! I'm tired. <laughs> and I had a day to recover, though. That's Oh, that's right. That's, that was a Friday game, right? And <laughs> So, yeah, that was a Friday game, and, you know. And we actually, we drove all the way back from Tallahassee, and I think we straight from the game recorded the show. Like, what was that? Like four in the morning or something? <laughs> it was pretty late. Yeah, we're, it was pretty late. Yeah, we're nut jobs, but but we love to do it. We're excited about it. Uh, it's been a great year for sports here on Flagler Broadcasting. WNZF starting. We talk about it starting all the way back with the baseball and of course the football and the simulcast between the YouTube and uh, on the radio and. Then, for me anyway, I know we hear Mike all the time about the alma mater, St. Augustine, and um, he throughout the season you were talking about how good they were, and obviously we were covering Flagler County teams, so I couldn't really gauge that because I'm not watching them play, but I was able to, to get out there uh, after the Matanzas game and see the next three playoff games that they played, and uh, we talked about it on the show last week. I mean, how can you not be impressed with what St. Augustine was doing getting to the state championship game in Tallahassee on Thursday against the mainland Buccaneers. And Mike, you were there. I was there and it was a game for the ages. You know, we talked about it back in the spring. We talked about it in the summer as a preseason. I said, St. Augustine and mainland are on a collision course with each other. And they made it to the state championship to go against each other on Thursday. And, it lived up to the hype. It was everything you would have hoped that game would be, except for the gut-wrenching loss for the alma mater part. It was everything you would have hoped that game would be. It was 48 minutes of blood, sweat, and tears. It was an incredible game. I've been to hundreds of high school games. I've called hundreds of high school games. That was, I think, the most intense game I've ever been a part of. Yeah, I, I was watching it on Bally Sports. I was not in Tallahassee with you for that one because I was there live in St. Augustine. At, what is it, the Hive, Mike? <laughs> well, it has a lot of different names, yeah. you know. But I'm going to go with the official Foots Brumley Stadium, and it's Walt Slater, Joey Wiles Field at Foots Brumley Stadium. And a fun oh, fact. That's a mouthful. That's way too much for me. I'm just going to call it the Hive. I always just called it Brumley Stadium. You know, I some people call it the Foot. I don't care for that. Um, <laughs> the foot. You know, yeah. You know, not a foot guy, but <laughs> moving on. And, and so if you want to get the whole name, All right. it's Walt Slater, Joey Wiles field at Foots Brumley stadium in the Wendell McCraw athletic conference mm. or athletic complex. And coach McGraw, let me tell you about coach McGraw. Coach McGraw was the athletic director when I graduated from St. Augustine High School, he had been at St. Augustine High School since the late 60s, a big 6'6", 
old country boy from Mississippi, and all he ever talked about was his field. You gotta <laughs> stay there, and you gotta cut the field, and you know, make sure nobody's on my field. He was very, very, very devoted to his field, and he called it his field. But I gotta tell you, those fields were always immaculate, and I. I think by the end of his career, Coach McGraw just basically cut the grass on the fields mm-hmm. and made sure they were rolled. And but those fields were pristine all the time. I, I I've I've gotten off on a tangent as I so often do. But there was an American Cancer Society event, a Relay for Life. It's an overnight event. This is in 1998, May 1998, and um, it's so that they he let the school use let the um, American Cancer Society use Bromley Stadium. With express instructions that no one was to be on the field. Now, this is May. No one's playing anything on the field again until mid-August, you know, because he wouldn't let anybody practice on the field, Mm. and all the sports seasons are over. 2.30 in the morning, I come through the tunnel. I went went to the restroom. I come through the tunnel to come back in the stadium. And who is standing there monitoring the field at 2.30 on a Saturday morning but Coach McCraw? Wow. <laughs> Dedication. He was, rest in peace, Coach McGraw. He was a real one. And, you know, and he was a dude. But, yeah, so – but I just go with Brumley Stadium. That how was old a venue is that, Mike? How how old a venue is, is Brumley Stadium? 1959. The wow. actual school building wasn't completed until 1960. So the first year of Brumley Stadium, they were the Ketterlinus Mullets. And to be fair, I'll, I'll say this. You can tell it's, it's an old venue, okay? But at the same time, there is charm in that, and, and, the, and the crowd is loud, and, and, and there's something about uh, watching a game at Brumley Stadium. Obviously, I wasn't there when the playoff run started with Middleburg. We were in, in Tallahassee, Lincoln, Matanzas. But I was there the next week for Escambia, and they won 31-14. Fairly easy win. And then Choctawhatchee came in on the 24th, and that was a battle. You know, uh, St. Augustine pulled it out 35-26, um, and then Dunbar, relatively easy. Again, they win uh, 35-14. The common theme here is big points being put up on the board. Then you get to the state championship, and two of their touchdowns, they lost the game 21-19 to, to 19 on a on a last second, two seconds left on the clock field goal by Mainland, Buccaneers state champions, uh, 3S, right, Mike? Um, yes, sir. But uh, t- 21-19, uh, and... You know, two of those touchdowns that they scored were special teams touchdowns. Um, so, man, that mainland defense really did what no other team could do uh, throughout the playoffs this year, and that was to shut down that St. Augustine offense. And and I'll just to back up what you were saying before, um, I've been covering high school football for for some time now. Uh, we've seen a handful of, of playoff games here with Flagler County. Haven't gotten a W yet. Hopefully one of, one of these years we'll, we'll get one of those. But, uh, you know, this was probably, at this level, the best single game I've ever seen. It, like you said, it was intense. It was back and forth. And it came down to the very end. And, and you give and fam- familiar faces over there in Mainland, right? Coach Roland, we saw him with FPC uh, a few years ago. He had an undefeated season with the Bulldogs. They lost uh, in the opening round game at home, you know, but still they had an undefeated regular season. We saw DJ Murray playing quarterback for the Bulldogs. Uh, so now those two guys and a couple of other Bulldogs over there in mainland, they go and they get the job done and they win a championship, a state championship, and you give them a lot of credit 
But from the St. Augustine point of view, I, I just cannot think of a more painful way to lose than being undefeated and having a lead in the state championship game with two seconds left and losing. That That is as brutal. And you're always going to look back on it and a lot of accomplishments and you had an amazing season. But that, Mike, and, and, I, and I feel bad because it's your alma mater, but that is as brutal a loss I think you could ever have in sports. Go ahead and twist the knife a little deeper, Rich. <laughs> you know, I love my school. I think everybody who listens to this show, listens to the morning sports knows that I love, I'm a proud graduate of St. Augustine High School, class of 1999. I was hurting for my classmate, Brian Braddock, the head coach of the Yellow Jackets. Brian and I have been friends since 1993, since I went to Murray Middle School in seventh grade. And, you know, I've watched his journey and there's been some trials and tribulations. You know, there was a, there was a couple of down years in the middle. Now, this is the fourth time he's made it to at least the um, final four in his tenure at St. Augustine. But, you know, they also missed the playoffs for the first time since our, our senior year. So there's a lot of people who have had doubts about Brian. And you know what? Those people can go shove it because he, let me tell you something. You know all those names I named on the stadium? Mm. Those are the only people who are ahead of Brian Braddock in wins in St. Augustine history. And nobody had that many wins in eight years. And – by this time next year, Brian will have passed all of them except for Walt Slater. Well, if they go undefeated, he'll pass Walt Slater too. So, you know what? I'm going to shout out my friend Brian Braddock, who I think does a great job with his program, with his kids. I know some of those kids from way, way back. Trenton Jones, who ran the opening kickoff back, who if they win that game, he's the MVP. And in a lot of ways, is the only reason that game was as close as it was. You know, great kid. There's so many great kids. Bam Lyons, great kid. Locke Hewlett. And a lot of these kids are coming back. Bam is not, but a lot of these kids are coming back. But So I heard for them. I heard for my son. My son and I are standing on the field watching that kick go through. He's a student there. But I'll tell you what hurt most of all, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm, I'm emotionally weak in my old age. Watching my daughter in the stands, she was crying. It meant that much to her. She had been part of the journey. In fact, she texted me at school yesterday. She says, Dad, these kids don't know what the hell they're talking about in football. I can't stand it. <laughs> and I was I was so proud of her. You know, but that's what it that's what makes St. Augustine great. And Mainland has a lot of that too. It's a lot of people who the the, the community centers around the school. You know, a lot of people St. Augustine has grown leaps and bounds. But the core of St. Augustine went to St. Augustine High School. And so the bond runs deep. I was out there for the motorcade. If you go to my Instagram or my Twitter, you can see where I posted the St. Augustine motorcade. And so there was just so much of that tied into it that it was. And by the way, you can also see uh, Mike and his son uh, singing on the field after the Dunbar game, right? So you guys were way into it. He doesn't know the words to the alma mater yet. And he's only a freshman. <laughs> was he just flat? He, he was lip singing then? <laughs> he knows some of the words. He doesn't know all of them, uh, which he should. Can I paint a dream scenario for you, Mike? How about this? Uh, one thing I noticed, I guess, you know, the year before now that Mainland wins the state championship, they got there last year and they lost, right? They lost to Lake Wales. And by two points. It, that's exactly what I'm getting at. They lost by two points. Devastating loss.
but they picked themselves back up and they were able to get back right back to the same spot they were last year. And this time they won by two points. How about St. Augustine does the same thing? You know, they, they, they get back to the same point and they win by two points next year. I hope so. Let me tell you what I said at the spring game. I was at the spring game. Um, they were played against Mandarin, who, by the way, also competed for a state championship. They lost 38-19 last night in their game. But driving home from that game with my kids, who were then still eighth graders, getting ready to go into high school, I said, man, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun when we take a trip to the state championship this year as a family. And they both kind of rolled my eye, their <laughs> eyes at me. But my wife was there. My kids were there. My niece was there. My cousins were there. It was, you know, friends, coworkers. There was, it was, it was special, you know, and that two point loss for mainland last year. I think that's the difference in this game this year. In the second half, mainland didn't panic. Mainland St. Augustine was up 13, nothing, but mainland really controlled the first half and they were down 13, nothing. They didn't panic. They just put their heads down and went back to work. And in the second half, you saw some little some little nerve plays creep in. Miles Simmons dropped a pass that looked like a touchdown. Logan Wanzelak just missed a field goal. You know, there was a couple of false starts on offense, you know, a couple of bad penalties that really pushed him back. And, you know, you could see the nerves kind of creeping in late in the game, in my opinion. And but because they hadn't experienced that before. And I think Mainland had. And and you saw that resolve in the second half because of it. And St. Augustine battled right to the end. I know the defense gave up a couple. Let me say a couple things. A couple of those first downs, people are saying they were incomplete passes. I can tell you that on the field, when you're watching it in real time, there's no replay in, in, in high school football. When you were watching in real time, I, I didn't know those weren't catches. I watched it. I was the first one. I, I was standing about 10 yards from it. I didn't see the ball bobble be bobbled underneath by the receiver. The second one on the replay, it looked like a trap. But you're also talking about a cameraman who's 40 feet in the air with a zoom. Yeah, he's the only one who could see that. So I didn't. I didn't think that was a big deal. Saint Augustine had many chances to stop him, but because of Mainland in the first half, I had a coach today from a school up here tell me from a non-Saint Augustine school tell me that they thought that. Really, that the blocked kick and their kickoff return hurt St. Augustine in a way. Mm. And I kind of agreed with him, and here's why. Mainland ran a 13-play drive and when that field goal got blocked. St. Augustine blocked the field goal, returned it for a touchdown, kicked it off to Mainland, and Mainland ran a 15-play drive. So including the kickoffs, Mainland had the ball for 30 straight plays. You know, the offense struggled. L.J. McRae had three tackles for Mainland. Mm -hmm. If you look at the stats sheet, you say this Florida commit didn't do anything. The stats lie. Other than D.J. Murray, the former FPC quarterback who St. Augustine had no answer for all night, L.J. McRae was the big reason why Mainland won that game. On offense, it was D.J. Murray making plays all night. On defense, it was L.J. McRae. He had three assisted tackles, no solo tackles. But you can bet that the reason the other players on defense were getting the, getting those stops mm. was because L.J. McRae was disrupting play after play after play. 
And I'm very sad that he's going to Florida because players that good <laughs> should not go to Florida. That's pretty exciting but, for him. And, and fan, uh, just a couple of things. I, I will say, um, yeah, maybe there are some questionable calls uh, on, on a few of those catches. But I felt like watching the game, there were also questionable calls against Mainland. A couple of holding calls. They showed absolutely. replay uh, on, on, on I just where's the holding. Yeah. I'm not seeing it. Uh, and, and even – that 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 opening kickoff return from Williams. You watched that replay. Uh, there was a nice block by the official at midfield that I really felt sprung him for that touchdown. So it, it, that being and and also the other thing, um, as far as the long drives that Mainland went on after those special teams touchdowns, they didn't score. You know that was my thing. Is that all right? You know, yes, that that St. Augustine defense is on the field a lot but they did not score, you know? So I think St. Augustine was still in great position. And if they don't have the, the mental errors in the second half, dropping the touchdown pass, missing the field goal, they probably win the game easily. So, you know, it really comes down to, I think the bigger point is the point you made about mainland being here last year and not making those critical errors in the second half that cost you a football game the way St. Augustine did because, you know, regardless of mainland going on those long drives in the first half, they were not scoring. They, they just, they couldn't get in the end zone. And yes, St. Augustine's defense was tired in the second half, but it didn't hurt them that much. They only gave up, uh, what was it? 19 points in the game, right? It was at the finals, uh, 21, 21, excuse me. They had 19. They, they, they gave up 21. So that's not, you know, you, you, if you're St. Augustine, the way you've played offense the entire season, you know, you figure you give up 21 points, you're winning that football game. And they should have because if they score that touchdown that was dropped, you're winning the game, you know, uh, 26-21. Even if you hit the field goal there, you know, you're, you, 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 you're winning that game. It. You're not playing for the field goal. Mainland began the – Mainland, to me, it was very clear they were playing for the field goal. Right. Which, That's a good point too, yeah. Which tells you how much they thought of their kicker, Jacob Getman, who hit the winning field goal because he had one blocked earlier. He missed an extra point earlier, and he didn't blink going out there. Mm. You know, and I don't, I don't, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I will say it. You know, I and it's so hard to judge these type of calls because uh, you don't know what the result's going to be. So conventional knowledge, common consensus among coaches a lot of times is, oh, let's ice the kicker. But just my opinion, being a fan, okay, I'm not a coach. I don't know footballs like Braddock or or Roland or any of these guys. Okay, I'm a fan. But watching that game, you know, having a feel for it, I had no confidence in Mainland hitting field goals. You know, they had the one blocked. They missed one. They looked shaky on it. You know, and and with Braddock trying to ice the kicker there, to me it benefited Mainland. First of all, because if you saw the play, uh, the the kid bounced the snap. There was no way they were going to get it off. It was going to be blocked. St. Augustine State champions. Instead, you ice the kicker. You give them a chance to collect their thoughts. And on TV, they show Roland on the sideline. He is yelling at the snapper at the center. He's saying, snap the ball, you know, getting in his head, coaching him. And then sure enough, when they had a second shot at it, perfect snap, perfect kick. So, uh, you know, to me, the feel of the game at that moment, I'm not trying to ice the kicker. To me, they were already iced. They were already iced every time they went out there trying to kick a field goal. 
That's you know that's but that's just my opinion. And and I do admit it's hard to to it's a hard judgment call there because you don't know what's going to happen. And you know most people will try to ice the kicker. So what can I tell you? Now I'm horribly biased because of my relationship with Brian Braddock. But my way of looking at it is I hate when people ice kickers in the NFL. Teams would ice Adam Vinatieri. All that the guy did for 25 years in the NFL was bank field goals and Super Bowls. You're not icing him. A 17-year-old kid, I think you, you make him think about it. But again, he'd been in that situation before. He'd been there last year. Mm. He'd kicked for that. He'd kicked in that game. No, it wasn't a game-winning kick. You're in a championship game, especially a two-point game like they were last year and this year. Those are all high-pressure kicks. They all, they all matter. So, yeah, you yep. know, once once the guys in front of him did their job, he did his. And you know, I, I, you know, there were so many plays you could point to in that game. I'll say it this way: they lost as a team. You know. You can point to so many plays on offense. You can point to a few plays on defense. You know, even special teams, they missed an extra point. They missed a field goal. You know, um, so you can point to all three units because I think what happens in a game like this against a team like Mainland, you don't have to play perfect, but you have to play damn near perfect. Yeah. You know, and Mainland – Mainland made a couple of special teams mistakes, but for the most part, the um the, the defense did their job. Yeah. The um, yeah, offense. That, I mean, that's the it, Mike. Their, their defense job. dominated the game, and and they came out on top at the end. And you know, congratulations to St. Augustine because it was a phenomenal season. There's nothing else you can say. And and congratulations to Coach Braddock and and all those players. And, and congratulations to Coach Roland for uh, finally getting the job done. And winning the state championship, uh, and, and congratulations to you, Mike, and all the St. Augustine uh, fans out there who have supported this team all year long, and and will continue to do so for the years to come. Have a little time left here, Mike, so l- let's get a little Flagler County sports in here. I know you've been covering it; you've been out there with the soccer teams. A lot going on. Just give us a rundown on uh, what's going on here locally in Flagler County sports. We had some great soccer games Tuesday night. I was out there at Matanzas versus FPC. Both the boys and the girls played. The girls played first, and FPC won 3-0 despite an injury to Savannah O'Grady, who was tied with Naomi Cordero for at Matanzas for the county leading goal scorer. Ivy Chen stepped up. Heidi Michael stepped up. Caitlin Steiner had a goal. It was a 3-0 game, and you think, okay, well, 3-0 in soccer is a lot. Well, just to show you the direction that Scott Crook has that team going in for the Matanzas girls, that was an eight nothing game last year. So that was that shows that Matanzas is going in the right direction. On the FPC side, Pete Held, he's the legend. That was his five hundred and twenty fifth win. FPC just keeps doing what they're doing. They've got a talented team. It's a strange mix because it's mostly seniors and freshmen on FPC, but it's a good team that's starting to mold together. You know, they have some big games coming up. They played Fletcher to a draw. They played Spruce Creek. They beat Spruce Creek, and they and Spruce Creek is a rival. And it was a great night, and I'm really excited about the way both those programs – same thing with the boys. The boys played each other. FPC lost 2-1 thanks to a penalty kick by Nico Correa. You know, 
it was a it was a hard fought eighty minute game between FPC boys and girls. It was actually, by the way, that was the first Matanzas girls loss of the season. So we've got that going on. We've got basketball going on. Rich, you were at New Smyrna FPC flying solo on Thursday night. I know that was a tough night for the Bulldog squad, but they're headed in the right direction. You know, um, Matanzas has had some adversity early in the year, but they're looking to get things back on track. We'll be there Monday. So, Winter sports are in full swing, and there's a lot of excitement going on. Um, girls' weightlifting teams are have both hit the ground running as well. There's just so much going on, and it's been exciting. And there's a lot more to come. Football ends, and believe it or not, when football season ends, it actually gets busier in the county. Oh, yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, we were at that game. Uh, me and producer Sharon Carroll bringing it to you. You could watch uh, the last game with the FPC Bulldogs. Uh, you know, it was – it was a good game, and, and, and you give the Bulldogs credit. Uh, they fought hard in that game. Um, you know, I, I think of Jameer Clark scoring 11 of his 15 points in the fourth quarter just to make it, uh, just to make it close at the end because, you know, New Smyrna Beach, man, they could knock it down from three. They were hitting shots from all over the gym in the Anderson gym there, and, uh, you know, they got the lead up in the third quarter to uh, – 11 points and and uh, like I said Clark led a comeback in the fourth FPC has a, a difficult time and, and talking to the coach talking to coach tally after the game they have a, a difficult time starting the game and starting the second half and you saw that in this game and and he talked a lot about having a winning mentality is playing four quarters and be not just finishing well but starting well so that's one of the things that a team has to do is uh, not just finish but also start well, and, and maybe they'll start winning some of these games. They lost a heartbreaker before that to uh, Father Joseph. Um, and, and Father Lopez. Father Lopez, excuse me, Father Joseph. Father Lopez. And Father Lopez, by the way, 5-0, and oh, and that's who we're going to see Monday against Matanzas at 1-6. and six. So uh, it, it'll be an interesting game. We haven't done a game from there yet. You want to see the new Smyrna Beach game, it is on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. And uh, and we'll also be there live with Matanzas at 7.30 uh, Monday night. And Mike Licio will join us again there as well. He was on assignment in Tallahassee, like we just talked about, uh, during uh, the FBC New Smyrna Beach game. But there is also excitement, Mike. We'll, we'll end with this. A couple minutes here. In Yankee land, Mike Licio and myself, big-time Yankee fans, please don't. <laughs> change the channel uh, if you're a Met fan or Red Sox fan or or any uh, Yankee hater out there I know there are many of you and uh, for recent years Mike not a lot of reasons to hate on the Yankees not really winning much and big time free agents uh, passing on to, to to other teams not landing in the Bronx but this offseason is different because maybe the biggest free agent and well not a free agent it was done through a trade but uh, biggest guy available Juan Soto you can argue Otani of course he's he's out there but uh, Juan Soto uh, he's a Yankee Mike Cashman did it he finally did it he brought a big star and we've been waiting for years where's Machado going Bryce Harper why aren't they Yankees well finally a 25 year old left-handed slugger in the Bronx if not for just one year and I you know that's all the coping by Yankee fans out there going on that it's only a one-year deal and he's going to end up with the Dodgers or the Mets uh, next year especially Met fans dream on because that's never going to happen but man Soto in the Bronx Mike amazing long overdue 
I didn't think he had it in him, to tell you the <laughs> truth. And I'm very excited about it. You can't let him get away. Obviously, he's going to test the free agent market. Scott Boris is his agent. You know, if he wants a 12-year, $600 million contract, do it. Because at the end of that 12-year contract, he's going to be 37. Oh, so yeah. I think you can't let him slip away. And I was worried that when they got Verdugo earlier in the week from the Red Sox, which I thought was a good trade too, I was worried that that was going to be, oh, well, we've picked up an outfielder. We can't, we don't have room for Soto. But I'm glad they finally pulled the trigger. Yeah, actually, we, we finally have a left fielder in Verdugo. That, and that's kind of mind-boggling, too. I don't know why the Red Sox, you want to get rid of him, I get it. But why deal with your, your, your closest rival uh, with the Yankees? That, so that deal kind of is weird to me. But, hey, we'll take it. Verdugo in left, Soto in right, Judge in center, Cole on the mound, maybe Yamamoto coming, and and hopefully some because you know if you want to win a championship and uh, it's more than just a star power, more moves are yet to come here for Cashman and the Yankees. But man, oh man, it's been years since the Yankees got the big fish uh, during the winter meetings, during the the hot stove baseball time, and finally after all these years, Juan Soto, the most maybe the most talented young left-handed hitter in the sport will be hitting third behind Aaron Judge. Best combination in baseball. And we're the best combination in local radio. Mike Licio and Rich Carroll, that's another episode of our sports show. We'll see you next time. Have a great weekend, Flagler County. <laughs>